Welcome to the Get a Divorce Without Losing Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, Corey Shapiro. We discuss divorce news. We answer listeners' questions. Sometimes I even provide my observations about relationships because I've been a family lawyer for a while. I have a lot to say. So normally I check out divorce news on Google before I do my podcast and nothing interests me. Nothing interests me in divorce news. So I thought we should do something different. I read a lot. And a book that has spoken to me, which I'm going to try to get into the divorce world, is a book by David Brooks. He's a journalist with the New York Times, and the book is called Second Mountain. Now, I have written a book, but it sort of reminds me of comparing myself to David Brooks as a writer, saying, like, I play tennis. And then people say, like, are you good? And I'm like, well, compared to Roger Federer, no, I probably can't even pick up a racket. But compared to someone who doesn't play, yes, of course I'm good. That's how I feel about David Brooks. He's at that world-class writing level, which reminds me of the best professors I've had. The best professors are world-class communicators, even if they're Ivy League. And that's what you need. Someone who's not only super intelligent, but can communicate it to everyday people, bringing it down to the street, being practical, which is really what we're trying to do on this podcast, what I try to do in my writings and try, what I try to do in my practice. Make it very practical. That's really where we are. We're not in theory. And David Brooks hit a home run out of the park with this book. Now, I want to give you an example of how world-class of a communicator he is, because you're going to hear, I checked online. Of course, some people love it like me. Some people don't like it. But if you could appreciate good writing and you have moments to really read it, this is not a skimming type book, but to read it, I will give you an example. All this book is not about divorce. He went through a divorce. I think he was married for 27 years. And he talks about the end of his marriage. And he has a whole section about marriage. And I love to learn from people who've been through the war and are on the other side of it. And that's David Brooks, definitely. This is a world-class communicator. I'm just going to give you an example. I'm going to read from it. Now, this is a section of the book. We're not going to talk about the divorce section. We're going to talk about a section he does on your job, on vocation. Vocation, he makes a distinction, is your passion. And he titles this chapter, it's chapter 12, called Vampire Problems. Okay, already you're like, vampire problems? What is he trying to get at? You see? You see, he's already like making you think. Because no one really writes a chapter about jobs and thinking about vampire problems. Already there, I'm like, this is something different. I'm interested. And then he goes on a little story at the beginning of this chapter where basically you give an opportunity to become a vampire. And as a human, you can think of the advantages of being a vampire. The one thing I can think of is I believe you live forever. I think you can even fly as a vampire. So those are all wonderful things. But we really don't know what it's like to be a vampire, so it's a hard choice, right? And that's the distinction he's making. That was a whole story to talk about commitment. And this is the end of that little story. He says this line, and this is how most writers would start. This would be the heading for most writers. Every time you make a commitment to something big, you are making a transformational choice. That's it. You put that in bold and you write down all this stuff about that. But that doesn't change people's minds. The vampire was a great illustration, a teaching point that people could understand. Like if you're going to become a vampire and you're not going to be a human anymore, you committed. And that's in my mind. If you just wrote that sentence, I'm like literally bored skimming over. That's why the guy's world class. So I appreciate 
David Brooks at the highest levels of writing, such a vulnerable book. It's uh, many different types of a book. I would say it's also a self-help book. It is a self-help book, but it's much more than that. Just like I think Federer is a tennis player, but he, he does much more than that as well if you, if you really are into tennis. So that's, that's my divorce news in quotes. It's really more of an anti-divorce news because if you really want to be in a committed relationship and you really want to make a go of this, or if you even want to move on and you are getting divorced and you have to move on, this is a great book to read. It's about the second mountain and basically what the whole idea is. The first mountain is about external success, but then a lot of people who get external success aren't satisfied. I mean, that could happen. You married the person of your dreams. You have that big wedding, but then reality sets in. What's the second mountain? And basically the second mountain is your search for meaning. It moves from the first mountain, which is an internal view of the world. The second mountain is an external view of the world. All right, so let's move on to the question of this episode. The question is from It's Mine. It's Mine asks, one month after our wedding, we decided to get a divorce. My spouse is asking for the engagement ring back. What should I do? Okay, I get these engagement ring questions sometimes in my practice. I do believe every state's a little different, but if it follows New York, the general rule is that the purpose of an engagement ring is to get married, right? So if you get married, then that is performance under that engagement ring. So even if it was only a month, I think it could even be a day, unless there's fraud, it's performance. I don't think you can get it back. So I would say the duration of the marriage is not the issue. If there was some scheme that you entered into the marriage, not really in good faith, potentially you can get it back. But the question I always ask people when I get these calls is how much is the engagement ring? Now, I know engagement rings can be expensive. You know, even a ten dollars or $15,000 engagement ring to me is expensive. But when you bring in lawyers and litigation, that's not that much money, unless you're going to do it on some contingency fee. And that's not necessarily a family lawyer. You may be able to do it on contingency fees, don't have to pay a fee, but realize it takes a lot of time and energy to litigate. It could, could take years. So I would say unless the, the ring is really worth super bucks, litigation might not be the answer. I do give a caveat, though, in a short marriage like this, if you do know the value of the ring and you want to just move on and sort of give good karma, maybe you want to give some value, some of the value back. You know, usually this is all about the wedding gifts or something happened. Maybe there was money spent on setting up a place. So there's a lot of different issues that can be resolved. It doesn't only have to be the engagement ring. So it's mine. I'm sorry you had such a short marriage. I do hope you can resolve this engagement ring issue. All right, this is a good place to wrap up this episode. Please go to podcast.gettingdivorced.org. That's our website for this podcast. You can learn how to submit a question, a voice question, email feedback. We read all the feedback. We're trying to really make this podcast useful for people. Uh, You can also get some newsletters that we provide. And you can even check out uh, the book I have up there. 
getting divorced without losing your mind. Okay, until the next podcast, don't lose your mind.